chapter of Luke, verses 27 through 38. But I say to you that, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even the sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even the sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure that you give, will be the measure that you get back. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. O oh God, our help in ages past and our hope in years to come. Help us to find and walk in the way of your kingdom, even when it's costly. Help us to hear these words of Jesus, knowing that he never asks us to do anything that he doesn't give us the power to do. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight. Amen. So, uh, a show of hands. How many of you are living out what uh, Margaret just read from the gospel? Anybody doing a good job loving their enemies? Let's see. Anybody? No. <laughs> Difficult. 
hard words from Jesus. Um, he's, he's in the Sermon on the Plains. It's, it's, um, Matthew has the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Jesus up and above like the new Moses coming down. But here Jesus is eye to eye and he's surrounded by all kinds of people. His disciples, his friends. There's a whole bunch of people. There were probably some who were trying to trip him up and to uh, see if they could catch him in a mistake. But he was preaching. It also says there, but I say to you who are listening. In the Greek, it's more like, I say to you who are still listening, who are still listening. I say to you who are not running through your grocery list, you know, while I'm preaching, right? Jesus' sermon. So maybe there are a couple people that have already started to check out on him. But what are we to do with these words? Because I don't know about you, I'm not very good at them. I have a hard time loving my enemies. I have a hard time praying for people who stab me in the back, do me wrong, say terrible things about me. And I'm sure if you've lived long enough, you've had those people in your life. What do we do, Jesus? Really? Love them? Is that what you're saying? But you see, we first have to see a couple of other things uh, if, we're, if we're still listening, like some of those around Jesus. Jesus is giving a completely different world view, a different reality than what they're used to and in the first century and what we're used to today. What we're used to today is uh, we patronize one another. You scratch my back. I scratch yours. I'll help you. Let's make a deal. And we ignore or defeat or do away with our enemies, not pray for them. He's breaking down a reality of conventional wisdom of how the old world worked in the first century and how it works in, 20, 000, in 2022. He's trying to break down this tit-for-tat, quid pro quo world because that is a graceless world. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth and you all know what happens. If we do that and practice that, the whole world becomes blind and toothless over time. But Jesus is saying, let me love through you. Don't try harder. Trust more deeply. Let me work through you. You, says Jesus, start the outflow because I've given you power. A few verses before this, there is a, is a great slide or there's a, there's a scripture in verse 19 um, before Jesus preaches in the same chapter. It says, and all the crowd sought to touch him for power came forth from him and healed them all. This is not something you want to try alone. This enemy love thing because you don't have the power for it and I don't have the power for it either. But all things are possible through the one who is gracious and graceful. Now, if you go on the end of what Margaret read in Luke, you'll see the punchline, sort of the key linchpin to it all. And that is uh, verse 35 and 36. It says, Jesus says, And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the selfish. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Summary. If you do this, if you live into this, if, you, if you'll trust this version, character of God, 
I'll get you through. And you'll find the power to do what Sid Collins did to the person who almost took his life. For he himself, says Jesus, is kind and merciful to the ungrateful and the wicked. Now that's a mouthful. And let me just stop right there and just admit to you that most preaching and most teaching of the church in my lifetime has painted a very different picture of God. We've taught this instead. God is not merciful. He is an eternal torturer. And if you are ungrateful, God will smite you. Many of us growing up, we're not exposed to a God who would, retu- who would return mercy and grace for evil. Jesus says, nope, my Father is a love your enemy's Father. God does not hate His enemies. And we are not a part of a strict reward and punishment system. Otherwise, none of us would have a chance at this life. Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive? Seven times? What did Jesus say? Nope. Seven times 70. And believe you me, he wasn't saying you can forgive 490 times and stop right there. Two perfect numbers, which means... There is no limit to your forgiveness. Forgiveness is something we lean into. It's the way we live. Oh no, but God is not compassionate. I've read the Bible. And when we believe that and when we accept maybe what we've been taught, even by the most well-meaning people, we cut ourselves out from the model where God's love can flow through us. You are who you believe God to be. It matters. And if you believe God is miserly and uncompromising and not compassionate, so you will go by the wayside. If God is eternally angry at people, it is so hard for us to be the same way. So we're taught to be judgmental. And then Jesus says, be careful judging Be careful condemning. Be careful drawing a circle so small that even you can't fit in it. That's not the way of Christ. It's not the way of the heart of God. We've all heard these examples of like, judgment's going to be like a courtroom. You know, you're going to have to stand up. We saw a real dramatic one this week. If you you saw um, a dramatic court case, a person has to stand up, guilty. You know what Jesus talks about when he talks about the world coming to this beautiful, glorious end, he mentions a wedding, a wedding, a party, kind of like what we're going to have next Sunday afternoon, brass band, pancakes, bacon, that kind of thing. A wedding banquet, not a courtroom scene. You know, there's this guy named Hillel, and he was, he was actually a rabbi about 100 years before Jesus. And he, he reminds me an awful lot about, uh, 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 he reminds me an awful lot of Jesus in that he was very graceful. If you'll go to college campuses, maybe not in Mississippi, but if you go to campuses where uh, Jewish students uh, go, I know there was one at Duke, Duke University and some other places, there's a Hillel Foundation, right? 
And so um, one day in the Talmud, there's a story. This unbeliever approached this rabbi named Shammai, and he told the rabbi, he said, recite the entire Torah on one foot. And you know what that rabbi did? He grabbed his cane and he hit him real hard on the head on one foot. Bam. He walks away. And then this guy goes to Hillel and he says, gets on one foot and he said, the Torah can be explained this way. What is hateful to you, do not do to another. Now, Hillel said, go and study it because it's not easy. It's a lifelong pursuit to withhold evil for evil. You see, when we do this and we constrict God to an angry God and we justify that and we draw the line in the sand, we create an exclusionary religion. Nobody's worthy, right? We're all broken. Nobody's worthy. Worthiness is not the issue. Infinite love is the issue. That is who Jesus called us to be. Even, says Jesus, when it costs you something, when it's hard. And if we can't commit ourselves to that, what we do is not worth it. If that's not flowing with us, we, through us, we might as well throw it all away. I was at a retreat 25, with 25 men a few weeks ago. It was a weekend retreat. It was in Gulf Shores. And it was 25 men I never met in my entire life. It was like getting on a Greyhound bus, you know, all these weird people on the bus. But at the end of the trip, you look just as weird as they do, you know. And there we were, all these men, and they, they looked. Uh, they were from all different churches in South Alabama and Mississippi. And uh, it was a weekend of truth-telling and sharing your brokenness and being transparent. And it was powerful. One thing Phil, our leader, said was this to us. As we shared our brokenness with one another, he was trying to teach us what it means to affirm one another, listen non-judgmentally, and love with the heart of Christ. Phil said the only hope for our healing, indeed the world's healing, is chronic exposure to unconditional love. That's what Jesus was talking about on the plane. So we we get this model of this loving God who's infinitely patient and forgives us seven times 70 times 700 and on and on and on. Some of us have a hard time with that grace, but we learn it the hard way. We're broken by an addiction or something that happens. And uh, we realize we can't get it through another day without it. Compassion, forgiveness, and love. God is our lover. Mary, Mary's song, before Jesus was born during the Christmas season, she had the Mary's Magnificat, and she mentions God is merciful multiple times, and she says that's going to upend the world. It's going to take down the proud and haughty and lift up those who are lowly. Zechariah, John's parent, John's father, who was a priest, said the same thing in his prayer. And he says that the mercy of God, that we might be a sign of God's fidelity to God's promises and that we might be the creation of the people who might serve God, he says, without fear and in righteousness. That is what we're about. We are in the unconditional love business 
as hard as that is. Because that is the one thing that can change us. Now, it's nobody's fault that sometimes we have to fight against that other lightning bolt God. We live in a world without reality. We live in a world of winners and losers, those who have and have not. But you know what? It's all a gift. And each week, I come here to listen to the stories again, to remember that life, your next breath, is a gift from God, that life doesn't owe us a thing, and that everything is grace. And as we become a people that let, let this grace flow through us, that's what we're called to do. We're not called to try harder, right? But we're called to let the power that comes from Christ flow through us, coming out of Him, come through you and me. So to us, to those who are still listening, and some have stopped, but to those who are still listening, we live in a world of discipleship dropouts. We've been talking about discipleship the last seven or eight weeks, and it's so hard not to even do that in a way that creates a very shallow sort of discipleship, right? I'm nice to you. You be nice to me. Maybe you'll be nice to me if I'm nice to you. And there's this shallowness that we have a hard time getting out of. And I say we. I'm talking about the general church. And I hate it that you have to go through this life and can only we can only extend the most shallow form of unconditional love. That's just not the way God meant it. There's lots of learning to do and lots of unlearning to do because I believe that God says it's possible. I may not bat a thousand every day, but I do know that if I trust the power of Christ, I can forgive way more than I'm able to forgive. I know that. There's a book that I'm rifling through right now. It's a very good book. It's called Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. It's by Peter Scazzaro, and uh, I'm starting to read it. And he says that, that our efforts of discipleship in the church, they're failing um, but really because of two things, because of two things. He says that we emphasize doing for God rather than being with God. And when we do that, we are, um, we're going to wear ourselves out. Y'all remember Martha and Mary? Do you remember Martha? Jesus had 70 people coming over. Martha's in the back room in the kitchen. She is cooking, cooking, cooking. What is Mary doing? She's sitting down in front of Jesus. Like, what is Mary doing? She finally gets so angry because somebody's got to cook the food. She comes out, and she doesn't chew Martha out. Who does she chew out? Jesus. Would you please tell Mary to get back here? But you see, Jesus was making a disciple out of Mary. Mary was spending time with Jesus. And I don't know any other way that we can do it. Once we know that God is not a lightning bolt God, once we know that God is not angry but merciful, then we, we spend time at the feet of God so that we too might be an expression of God's mercy in this world. So maybe if you're having a hard time with this scripture, and I think we all are, it's difficult, maybe that's a call to be still and know that I am God. Be more with God Receive the love because you can't give what you hadn't received. The second thing is this. The author says, we no longer measure our love for God by the degree we love others. You see, that is the bottom line of discipleship. 
Is your capacity to love God and love your neighbor growing or not? Because that is the point of prayer and worship and singing and fasting and Lent and discipleship. That is the only marker by, by which we should, thing that we should be asking ourselves. Not success. Not, oh, I've made too many mistakes. No. John Wesley said this. He talked a lot about perfection. And oh, I really don't like that word, but, but it's changed in 300 years. When he said, are you going on to perfection? He's not saying, are you going to never make a mistake again? John Wesley de defined perfection this way. Perfection is your heart being so filled with the love of God that there is no room for anything else. That is discipleship. Let's face it. Much as I wish I could for Aaron, I wish this baptism was about the fact that I could keep her away from all suffering, right? But we know you don't have to live very long in life to know that you get wounded. You run into things and people and circumstances that could very well take you down and sink you if you let them. We can't avoid suffering. But we can do something radically different with it. That's the Jesus way. We learn it by spending time with Jesus, the one who did something different with evil than the rest of the world. Instead of throwing evil back into the world, he absorbed it. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And that is the heart of our compassionate God. The real power Jesus gives us this credibility has been demonstrated um, because the power has come out of Jesus and is there for us. Yesterday, I got to do a funeral for a very special person over at Court Street. I got a call from a 19-year-old, Kaylee. Kaylee is part of like our gang back in the day. I mean, Kaylee was this beautiful little six-year-old girl and she hung out with Susanna, and boy, did they have a good time. And her proud adoptive mother, Nancy, loved her Kaylee. Kaylee called me, asked me if I would be part of the service yesterday, and I told her I was honored. And I heard these stories of Nancy. You see, Nancy Easterling, I don't know how to describe her. She's one of a kind. She's Ann Morris's cousin. Um, but she had a really raspy voice. She's probably a chain smoker at some point in her life, but it was but maybe not. But I think I think she probably maybe was she not? Okay, I'm sorry for sorry. Forgive me, Nancy, for accusing you of being a chain smoker. She had a raspy voice. I don't know how she got it. And uh, we had a lot of time doing ministry uh, at a lot of good times doing ministry at Court Street. She was the sergeant and detective of the most abhorrent and horrible crimes against children in Hattiesburg for decades. If anybody had an excuse to be bitter and to hate people, it would be Nancy Easterly. But no, what does she do right around her retirement? How does she deal with all the images that she has seen? She could never get out of her mind. Doing all she could to make Hattiesburg a safer place for the most vulnerable children. She adopted Kaylee. Kaylee is a rising junior at William Carey. And Kaylee got up and spoke about her mom and about how proud she was of her mom 
And though she was adopted, people said, tell me all the time, I look like my mom. She said, I'm going to miss hearing that. And I reminded her after she said that, no, Kaylee, you still look like your mom. And your mom lives in you. And all you have to do is take that power that mom gave you and unleash it in the world. Let your goodness shine. And Kaylee's calling is your calling, is Aaron's calling, is my calling, is the calling of the church. And that is this. Let the power of forgiveness and mercy flow through you. Your calling is to remember that God is not vindictive, but love, or else there would be no good news. But there is. Let God forgive you. Let God love you. Receive God's mercy. And let that flow through you. Because you can't do it alone. But with God, all things are possible. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for being gracious. We thank you for the baptismal waters of your grace and your unconditional love. We thank you for a church that, though is not perfect, exposes us to unconditional grace in liturgy, in word, and in song. And we hope in action. Help us, O oh God, to live out your unconditional love, even when it is hard. These things we ask, O oh Lord, in the name of love. In the name of Jesus, amen. I invite us now uh, as we close. Our closing song is 408, The Gift of Love. Let us stand and sing. Mm -hmm.